At the end of the day, are you the person who likes to just sit in quiet and do something completely mindless? Me too. Is there anything wrong with that? No, there's not. But today, I'm actually going to take you through the where and the when of comparison, which can lead you into this trap. And at the end of this episode, I have some practical strategies and some challenges for you to take starting today. Where do you find yourself comparing yourself to others? And I promise it's not where you think. So let's get into it. Welcome to His Word, My Walk where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, healthy Christian lifestyle mentor. And for the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, let's get right back into it. Now, if you're over there playing podcast roulette, which, by the way, I do play often, like I just head to my podcast library, scroll, scroll, stop. Well, if you're doing that and you happen to land on this episode, I strongly encourage you to go and listen to part one first. Keys to kicking comparison to the curb part one was last week, and I went through the who and the what of comparison. Here's a quick, like, Kayla's notes version to jog your memory. First, comparison's not bad. Comparison is literally just data. By definition, comparison, the act of comparing, is just examining characters or qualities of something or someone in order to discover resemblances or differences. That's it. Not positives and negatives, similarities and differences. I then went into the episode and covered the who and the what of comparison. Who are you comparing yourself to and what are you comparing? And with digging into those, I led you down a path that could lead you to finding yourself in what we nowadays call the comparison trap. So I told you I was breaking this topic into three episodes to cover the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and the how of comparison. And we are set for part two today, the when and the where. And can I just say, I love how the Lord works. Like, I love how he uses people and circumstances to confirm that I am on the right path, that I am in his will, that I'm exactly where he has put me and I'm moving forward toward his plan. So as I was hiking a mountain this past week in 41 degree weather, looking out on the 100 mile long Lake Okanagan that the city of Kelowna sits on, the Lord dropped the points for this episode right into my mind. And I was so grateful because like I've said before, I often don't have a plan with this podcast. Like I'm truly trying to follow his leading. So I'm actually really pumped to share these points with you about the when and the where of comparison. So let's go. First, when. When are you comparing? When are the times you are finding yourself comparing in such a way that you end up in this trap, in this insecurity, in this negative mindset in regards to similarities and differences with someone else? So talking about when I get comparing, I actually nailed it down to three times. Three specific times that will describe when you can so easily slip and fall into this comparison trap. Number one, when I'm mindless. Number two, when I'm outside of God's will for me. And number three, when I'm in God's will for me. 
Okay, so I'm going to unpack these because I'm sure, at least I hope, that you're taking it all in and that you're thinking through some things already. So first, when I'm mindless. Oh my goodness, you know at the end of the day, or maybe even on your lunch break, when you have some downtime so you head to social media for some mindless scrolling. Yeah, it's a thing. And honestly, I bet like 90% of us listening right now do it. Waiting at the doctor, scroll social media. Waiting in the car for someone, scroll social media. Husband watching the game and you're not interested in it but you want to sit next to him, scroll social media. Exhausted from a long day at work and just need to do something that requires no thinking? You get the idea, right? And maybe you're not a social media scroller, but what about just people watching or even catching the news or the latest binge watch documentary? Well, here's what happens. And again, how do I know? Because literally, this is me. Like, I was the one at the doctor's office. I was the one while he watched the game, football, obviously, any other sport I can pretty much hang with. I was her, sitting on a park bench by myself, mindlessly watching other people, mindlessly scrolling. But you know what that did? If I'm honest, it started me down some sort of path. The thing is, I was just trying to relax. I was just trying to give my mind a break. And sometimes when I want to be mindless, when I want to not think about anything, when I want to just let everything out of my to-do list and my responsibilities and I just want to look at some silly things other people do or some educational things other people teach or some dreams of my own that other people are already successful at in order to inspire me, well, that's often a time that without even realizing it, I'm headed into this trap. Whether I let it affect me in the moment or not, because really most of the time it's not fully in the moment that the negative thoughts and the insecurities come, but that's when it starts. The thoughts are already in. I'm definitely going to give you some strategies for all these things I'm talking about today, and also I heard some feedback after last week's episode that some of you actually liked the challenge I left you with, and that some of you did indeed head to your social media and unfollow some people. Some of you really took a serious look at the who and the what of comparison in your life. So I'll get to a challenge for you this week as well, but first let me continue. When do you compare? One, when you're mindless. And I know I'm set to talk about the why of comparison next week, but I can't just leave you hanging on this point right here. The real truth is, when we want to be mindless, we allow our mind to have control. Without even thinking about it because we're actually trying not to think about it. We allow our minds to wander and create their own stuff. And actually, we allow Satan to step in and do what he's always trying to do best right in our mind. You know, Paul made it super clear in the Bible that we shouldn't totally let our minds go idle. He said in Philippians 4.8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Like, it takes some effort and some thinking. I'm not saying don't have some chill downtime. I'm just saying you still have to be aware of what you're allowing into your mind. That you can't just let your mind be, well, like, mindless. That's a slippery slope. Okay, on to number two of when you can fall into this comparison trap. When you're outside God's will for you. Oh man, when I am outside God's will for me, almost everything becomes a comparison. The grass is always greener, right? As a believer, you have trust in God and his plan for your life, but that doesn't mean you're always in his will. I mean, come on, I'll be honest and say that there have been times in my life I knew for a fact the decisions I made were not in line with what God's will for my life was. 
but I still did it. And then I would find myself comparing in a sense of jealousy, which basically made me like a hater toward other believers. I wasn't just comparing actions. I was comparing their faith, their trust, their confidence in God, their ability to keep on keeping on. At least that's the way it looked to me. So there I was outside God's will, knowing I was outside God's will. And instead of taking steps toward him, instead of reaching out my hand to someone who was already extending their hand to bring me closer to him, I was just still sitting back comparing, like a woe is me kind of vibe, throwing a pity party and just outside God's will for me and hating on everyone else. That's understandable, right? Like that you could start to stumble into this comparison trap while you're outside God's will looking in on people who are just straight up walking in it and looking like they're skipping down a yellow brick road with God. But what about this? The third when I want to talk about is actually when I'm in God's will. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, like when I'm in God's will, that doesn't mean comparison doesn't come. That doesn't mean I don't live in this world and battle these thoughts, and that certainly doesn't mean Satan just leaves me alone. So check this out. I've been going through the book of Genesis lately, which I'm pretty sure I shared a bit last week. Well, I was reading about Rachel and Leah in Genesis 29 and 30. Basic synopsis, Jacob gets duped into marrying both sisters. Their dad tricked Jacob. But that's not where I want to focus. What caught me this time reading through is the part where it came to having children. So in Genesis 29... Verse 31 says, When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. Okay, that's just a fact, right? Then Leah goes on to have four children. Also, fact. So then, Genesis 30, starting in the first verse, it says this, When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God? He asked. He's the one who has kept you from having children. But then we get to the third verse. Then Rachel told him, Take my maid Bilhah and sleep with her. She will bear children for me and through her I can have a family too. Just for the record, this is not the first time this type of scenario has gone down in the Bible so far. Okay, but let me break this down the way I was seeing it this time. First of all, there is nothing to tell us that any of them were not in God's will. In those times, men had many wives, often sisters, so that's not a hiccup when it comes to understanding the story in historical context. So God enabled Leah to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. I think in the past, I have looked at this as like a punishment to Rachel, but really, it's just a fact. Like, actually, Rachel and Leah could both not conceive, and then a day came that God enabled Leah to have children. This was not a punishment for Rachel, it's just where God had her. But then, clearly, Rachel gets to comparing, which is understandable. Like, I feel for her a bit, because times when I'm in God's will— When I know I'm in God's will, but someone else close to me seems to be receiving the exact blessing I really, really, really want. I mean, that's kind of tough, right? And not just once, but four times, which means it has been going on for years. I imagine Rachel like had blinders on. I imagine that having children may have been the only thing she was really focused on. Have you been there? in God's will, have the career he prepared for you, he's providing for you in incredible ways, you're connected in your church and he's using your gifts to bless others, but all you see is all your friends who are married with children while you're still single? 
Or you have the blessing of a family, a great family, but all you see is your Christian friends around you building businesses and God blessing them financially, and that's the one thing you've been asking him for? We compare. We do. And we do it even when we are in God's will. When do you find yourself comparing yourself to others the most? Now remember, comparison's not bad, it's just data. It becomes a negative when you get caught up down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden you're bombarded with negative thinking you don't measure up or even the fact that you think you have to measure up. And don't forget the thoughts of not being as blessed as, not being as good as, not being as loved as. Have you ever heard the saying, an idle mind is the devil's playground? Well, let's combat that right here. Let me give you a challenge. When you want that idle time, that mindless rest, take it. But start it off with something like this. God, thank you for this incredible day. I'm exhausted and I just need to chill. Holy Spirit, help me to find rest in you first. And as I scroll, as I play, as I let my mind relax, I pray your protection over what comes in. Satan, you have no authority over my mind. God, I praise you. Amen. Oh, and one more thing. You are unique. You were created on purpose for God's purpose. What he has for you is for you. And when he has it for you is the perfect time for you to receive it. God is not good half the time. God is not a loving God when it comes to sister so-and-so and not to you. God is God. He is faithful and just. He is merciful and gracious. He is loving. He is strategic. And he is always on time. How many fellow believers can you celebrate this week? Yes, that's a challenge. How many other people can you praise God with, truthfully? Okay, you've got the challenge. Now let's transition to get into the where. Where do you compare? And honestly, I'm so excited to share these points with you because they came while I was hiking and I was like, oh, okay, God, I'm going to break this down in phases because that's how it came to me. And well, that's how I lived through it, actually. So when it comes to where I compare... The first place I compare is in my mind. Now, this right here is crucial to recognize because our mind is the battlefield. Our mind is where Satan tries his best to get to us first, to make us see others, to take our eyes off God, to make us question and feel insecure, to make us compare. So if we can catch and stop the comparison here, then we won't even hit the trap. I know this piece may have been better at the beginning of the episode, but stay with me as I dig a little bit deeper right now. Something that I'm so, so, so passionate about is our thoughts and what we do with our thoughts, where our thoughts lead, what we can do to manage our thoughts, what we can do to overcome negative thoughts, what we can do to continuously have victory over Satan and his tactics to get into our minds. Well, as believers, something we hear often is to take every thought captive, right? Well, what does that really mean? Like, okay, but how do I do that? And then what? The verse being referenced is 2 Corinthians 10.5, and I'm going to give it to you in a couple translations of the Bible because, well, it's just so good. The New Living Translation says it like this, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. The New King James Version says it like this, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And the New International Version says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
Well, as we um, compare those, as in find the similarities and differences, the piece I'm pulling out says this. One says we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Another says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God. And another says take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amazing. And I love this verse because it gives direction. But there are pieces to this direction. See, the problem we often make as believers is we take every thought captive, period. Uh, But God's word does not have a period there. And let me just say, this is not the only place in the Bible we do this. And I hope this is a lesson to you and an encouragement to you to not just read half a verse or just one verse, but get all the goods. So you cannot simply just take these thoughts captive. Like then what? They're just sitting in there in your mind behind bars? No, the Bible is clear with the instruction. Then you have to make them submit to God's word, make them obedient to Christ. The only way to do that is to speak God's truth over that lie and literally make it submit. Make it tap out. Yeah, that's how I see it. That's how I picture it in my mind. Like I'm going to hold you in a headlock and speak God's truth over you until you tap out and get out. That's literally how I see it in my mind. And that's how I handle it now. I'm telling you, this power right here is such a passion of mine. And I have some free resources available to you to help you with this exact thing right here. So check the show notes for this episode for all the links or just head to hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. Here's the thing. Once the comparison hits our mind, our thoughts, if we don't stop it there, then it moves to our heart. You begin to compare now in your heart, which means emotions are involved. And what happens once emotions and hearts get involved? Well, we can actually go straight to the Bible for that because Jesus makes it pretty clear in Luke 6.45 when he's teaching and he says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Ooh, but that's the truth. So when it comes to where you do the comparing, where this trap is formed and you begin to take steps into it, know that it goes from your mind to your heart and straight out of your mouth. You may not call it negative. You may not call it a comparison trap. You may not even call it an issue. But if you really think about all the times you're scrolling social media or people watching or doing research for something for your business or seeking someone to teach you something, all of a sudden when someone asks you, what you think of the leader of that industry, you say something like, oh, I like her stuff, but I bet she's got a whole team around her helping her do the daily work. Or you say something like, oh yeah, did you catch that message? He was preaching so good, but like, it doesn't take all that. He's doing too much. What about this? I wish I had the following she has. I could do so much more for God if I had that many followers. Or is she really dressing like that and representing Jesus? I don't even want to continue because like, my goodness, can we not stop the momentum toward the trap yet? But the truth is these thoughts that lead to emotions, that lead to words, they lead to actions. They do. Now, my prayer for myself and for you is that it stops there, that it stops in the thoughts, that it doesn't head to the heart, then to the words, because the next stop is actions. That's what happened to Rachel. She went so far into that comparison trap with Leah and having children that she did whatever it took to get the thing she was jealous of. And not only that, Rachel didn't stop. And then Leah didn't stop. This comparison got out of control into a competition. Don't believe me? 
Check out chapter 30, verse 8. Rachel named him, this is the second son Rachel's servant Bilhah actually birthed. Rachel named him Naphtali, for she said, I have struggled hard with my sister and I'm winning. What? Like it really went that far. Please don't let it get that far. So look, now's the time for you to examine yourself. It's time for you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you examine yourself. I pray that after listening to part one of this series, you eliminated some of the who's and some of the what's when it comes to comparison leading you into that trap. Now let's deal with the when and the where. And don't forget to join me next week as I finish off this series and I'm going to talk about the why and the how of comparison, of falling, stepping, diving into this comparison trap, the why and the how coming up next week. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.